Hello, Internet. My name's Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. I'm excited. Are you excited, Matt? Yes, I'm pretty excited. We've got a very special Screen Verdict podcast for you this week. Mm. We're going to be doing a rank. Yes. Harking back to the golden age, some might say, mm. of the podcast. Our yes. first ever episode where we rank the Pixar films. Yes, and we thought we haven't ranked something in a while. Let's, let's rank something. Let's do a definitive list uh, that people can reference when they want to know things. And what we're going to be listing are the greatest sitcom characters of the past 20 years. I know in the last podcast we said all time, um, so there might be a few people disappointed that it's only the last 20 years. I felt that I wasn't qualified enough to do an all-time list. I don't think I'd watched enough episodes of The Love Boat, so <laughs> we thought we'd limit to the last 20 years. We haven't even seen the Phil Silver show. It's a bit alarming. So we've got a... I think... You're the only person alarmed by that. I think everyone <laughs> listening to the podcast is like, what's the Phil Sibler something or other? <laughs> Sergeant Bilko, guys, got your program. <laughs> oh, anyway. So hopefully we're qualified to do... 20 years. The well, last 20 years. We've both been alive for 20 years, at least. Indeed. So... I know you've been a bit cagey about releasing your age on the <laughs> podcast. A uh, bit of information for the listeners there. You're at least 20. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so a little clue. You'll, you'll be able to figure it out, um, you know, in a few podcasts. And I'll, by our last podcast, you'll be able to put all the pieces together. So let's explain how we're going to be doing the rank. Yes. We, the past week, did our list of top 15 uh, characters, not ranks. We just did our 15 names that came to mind. We then put them together. Yep. What we decided to do was to limit it to one character per show. That made yes. it a little bit easier to make the cuts. Yeah. Uh, we didn't want everything to be dominated by our one or two favourite shows. So yeah. get a good range of characters. Yes. Yeah. So what we have done is we have put these 20 names in a cowboy hat. Uh, and what we will do is we... <laughs> there might not be enough cowboy hats on the Cowboys and Aliens posters, but there is enough cowboy hats in the ranking process of our sitcom character podcast. And we will draw a name out of the character. We get to that name. We'll briefly discuss that character, uh, why we think they should be high, should be low, and then we'll put them on a sheet of paper that I have here with three categories, just like our Pixar. We've got high, middle... And low. This is an unlined sheet of paper. A staple of this yes. Green podcast. <laughs> that I will be writing on. Uh, and we'll be ranking them uh, in that. So we've got a few characters to get to. Let's get cracking. Let's pull a name out of the hat. Would you like to draw the first name out of the cowboy hat? Indeed. Okay. We have Nancy Botwin. Nancy Botwin. Now, uh, she is from the show Weeds. She is the main character in the show, Weeds. And uh, what I really like about Nancy Botwin is that she's a character. She starts in the first episode. Her husband has uh, just died, and she's going to have to support her family, so she starts to uh, deal uh, pot. The great thing is over the course of the whole eight seasons, her life just spirals more and more out of control, and she's having to deal with more crazy situations uh, I just think it's it's so... And there's just some really funny moments she has to deal with, some very dark moments for a sitcom character. At one point, her youngest son has found um, a photo of her naked, who, which he's um, jacking off to, and her, <laughs> and her other son has, um, has started going out with a woman her age, so she has to give a conversation to them about how they might be sort of a sort of a Freudian conversation with them, which I just find really a dark but funny scene. What do you think about Nancy Botwin, Jonathan? It seems that Weeds is a bit of a comedy version of the show Breaking Bad. You have this kind of relatively normal character trying to deal with these outlandish sort of situations involving these drug deals. And I think uh, Mary Lou's Parker, who plays Nancy Botwin, does a good job of playing that character who's just out of her depth. And... I haven't seen that much Weeds. I've been catching up a bit on it recently. And I think, yeah, I think she's a really quality lead in the show and, and quite quite the funny sitcom character. Also, Rose Parker, pretty hot. <laughs> Doesn't hurt. On any, on any yeah. list that we do, <laughs> being hot will not be a disadvantage. Yes. There's an episode where Snoop Dogg's in um, and he loves the weed she's selling and he calls it milf weed. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. She she she's pretty good milf. So where do we put this milf? I'm gonna say the middle. I think middle seems sensible for her. She's definitely not one of the all like not one of the really up there characters. I'd say middle, um, and I guess there's no one else in middle to compare it to yet, but I might put a name a bit lower in the middle. <laughs> Does that sound reasonable? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What a doozy. Well, I'll draw the next name. Let's see what we get here. Michael Scott. Michael Scott from the US office. Played by Steve Carell. Played by Steve Carell. I think this is uh, really an incredible sitcom character. He's someone who just has this uh, childlike immaturity, but also has childlike innocence. And you just see him just saying the stupidest, most naive things and getting himself in all sorts of situations. But because Steve Carell is so good and because of the way they wrote that character, there are moments when he's the hero of the show. And there's moments where you see a real competence there. I think it's a really well-layered character. I, I, I just, you know, and I've said this in a, a previous podcast, I just think this is a great sitcom character. What are your thoughts on Michael Scott? I think in terms of this character, I prefer Steve Carell to Michael Scott. And by that I mean Steve Carell's delivery is great. I think he's a great actor. But there are things about the character that annoy me. He's a bit... Sometimes they push it too far to the stupid end of things and it's a little bit irritating and not believable. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but I still think that, yeah, at times he does get a bit annoying. But remember, this is a this is a character that is very immature in a lot of ways. And he was on the show for seven seasons. Like, this is a lot of episodes. There are, of course, going to be times when he gets a little bit too annoying. And then some episodes where he's really sweet. And he's really there for his employees. I don't know. I think you see those real layers in this character. It's not that I think characters aren't allowed to be annoying. That serves a purpose. But I just get confused when I feel like the show is making me want to empathise with this character when he's being annoying. And I get a little bit conflicted with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Having said he's that, so he is compl- hilarious. He's so complex. <laughs> um, where do we put him on the list? I'm thinking high. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking middle but above Nancy. Well, I think we can all agree above Nancy, but... <laughs> we can all agree because we both just said it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I think he's a high one. I think this is really one of the iconic sitcom characters of the past 20 years. Okay, let's put him high, but uh, I, I, think that's, I think that's sort of opening the door for argue <laughs> a lot of characters in the high, high section. I'm putting him in... I, I, I'm going to put him low in the high... But I, I'm putting him there because I, I actually, I, this is this is someone I'm going to fight for. I think uh, in this thing. Okay, yeah, you can't spell his name though. <laughs> a okay. before the okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Settle on. Settle. Okay, right. next character, third one. Oh, it's What's... a biggie. George Costanza. Oh my gosh. Wait. Okay, George yeah. Costanza. Big guns coming out early. Uh, have you heard of the show Seinfeld? Uh, here is a bit of a show in the 90s. It was pretty popular back then. Um, NBC liked it. Yeah, they did. It went on for quite a while. So, uh, George Costanza, what do you think about him, Jonathan? Well, Seinfeld, obviously such a massive show. George, he's the one we've got on the list. So, uh, of those those four huge characters, we picked him to be the, the top one mm. in one of the top sitcoms of all time. Mm. George, I guess similarly to Michael... Not always that likable. He's mm. incredibly vain, neurotic, selfish, but constantly hilarious. George yes. is one of the most beloved sitcom characters of all time because yeah. whether we relate to his troubles or are disgusted by his mm. sneaky tactics, we always find them funny. His schemes are always hilarious. Just shuttling, scuttling along there. I just remember in the first season, there's this great like thing of him just wearing a beanie, and he just looks so funny in that beanie. <laughs> so funny. I love George. Where are you thinking we put George? High for sure. Yeah, I think pretty high. I think he's definitely going high above Michael. All right, let's pull out the fourth name in the hat. Just really ruffle it to make sure people know. Whoa. <laughs> Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> We've got Tim the Toolman Taylor. Show from the 90s, Home Improvement. The real thing that gave this show an edge was, like, it, it's almost cartoonish. 
uh, the the Tim Taylor when he does the tool time segment, always breaking things or injuring himself or injuring others or breaking the tools. It's just and and always there's these just crazy absurd slapstick scenes with him that I think are somewhat iconic. The thing that I liked about Tim was there there did seem to be a bit of a a, um, a niceness between. Um, him and his wife, Jill, and there was a real, like, his character was also grounded, so he had that crazy cartoon sort of capers, and then you also had the stuff where he, you saw him as a husband and as a father, and there's some sort of core there. Tim was able to nail a warmth with Jill, even though they fought... Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Even though they did fight a lot on the show, too. And I think the, the fact that you had that warmth, but also you had those sort of slapstick craziness makes him a pretty good character. What do you think, Jonathan? I remember when we were young, you used to watch a bit of The Home Improvement. I did watch a bit of Home Improvement when I was younger. I think the main reason I watched it, as with everyone, is because I wanted to have sex with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's not why I, think, I watched I think, it. Well, That's not why I, watched I think it. we're all agreed there. Yeah. When this came up, I, I didn't think that I was going to enjoy Home Improvement when I had to go back and check <laughs> out some clips for this. But it was actually quite funny. I enjoyed watching some uh, clips, particularly of the Tool Time segment. Yeah. Just kind of how mean he is to Al. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's so mean to Al. Al. He is just the butt of all the jokes yeah. in the Tool Time segment. Mm. This is far from one of my favourites, but I can see why it was popular at the time. Mm. It had that some kind of silly puns and some slapstick, but also some fairly clever writing as, as well. Mm. And... Uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor's, I guess he's he's pretty likable. Where do we put him? I'm thinking low, middle, high, low. I'm thinking maybe middle, but above Nancy. Both of those picks are, uh, I think you're a bigger fan of, so I'll let you have the choice of whether it's above or below I put him just above Nancy. I just think there's more comedy value from Tim than from Nancy. Okay. <laughs> Now onto the fifth name from the hat. Liz Lemon. Ah, yes. From 30 Rock, played mm. by everyone's fantasy wife, Tina Fey. Yes, in particular yours. Yeah. So the show 30 Rock, uh, <laughs> you guys should know it, but it's uh, uh, Liz Lemon is the head writer of a sketch show, The Girly Show. Yep. Uh, which TGS. Is the, yeah, TGS with uh, Tracy Jordan. Similar to Saturday Night Live, where mm. uh, Tina, K- Tina Fey came from. The thing that makes Liz Levin so likable is that she's really funny, but and she's kind of cute, but she's such a dork. And in a way, she's, her faults are a little bit gross, but kind of likable at the same time. Like, sometimes she'll just have lettuce in her hair from, yeah. like, a sub sandwich that yes. she was eating. Yeah. Little quirks, like how paranoid she is of sex. Yeah. Like, uh... Jack, Jack mentioned something about doing it standing up, and she's like, what? <laughs> Even the thing? How does that work? <laughs> 30 Rock's been one of the, the biggest comedy shows of the last few years, and uh, Liz Lemon, definitely a standout. Yeah. Why is Liz Lemon on this list and not Jack Donaghy? He's a much better character in my mind. I would like to state categorically that this is in no way... Reverse affirmative action in the favour of females, trying to get more females on the list. Liz Lemon deserves this spot. Jack is an amazing character as well, but I think some of his storylines with Salma Hayek, Elizabeth Banks and so on, they kind of drag the show away from its comedic roots, but Liz Lemon just always brings the funny to the show. Okay, okay. I, I would have gone with Jack over her. But anyway, uh, it is good to have another female on the list because I do believe this is our last female <laughs> that will be coming up on the list. Um, where do you think she should go? I'm thinking middle to high. I don't think you're going to let me put her above Michael Scott. So I'm going to no. say one below Michael Scott. Yeah, like I'm thinking middle for her for sure. She uh, has to be above Tim Taylor and Nancy for sure. Well, like, I, think, I think Nancy's a better character than but I, I am happy to put Liz above those two. I guess it, I think in between Tim and Michael is fair. I'll put her high up in the middle. Liz Lemon. Okay, let's... On to number six. Maurice Moss. Okay. Moss from the IT crowd. Mm-hmm. 
So Moss, I guess, is a nerd character. He works in the IT department. There's uh, Moss and Roy. And played by Richard Aode, who mm-hmm. uh, directed Submarine, for those of you that like that film. Mm-hmm. The reason why Moss is so likable as the nerd character is because he does push that boundary of sort of social awkwardness, mm-hmm. but not in a forced way. He seems genuinely that childish, genuinely that mm-hmm. uh, socially unaware. And he has lots of just funny ways of expressing himself. Uh, for when he does something embar- embarrassing, he'll say, oh, I am a giddy goat. Mm. Just these... Yeah. <laughs> and this combined with sort of his his sort of schemes and inventions and things that he comes up with and just makes him a really endearing, warm, and uh, funny character. Yeah. Now, uh, you introduced this character to me for the purpose of this list, so I've, I've only just got to know this. Maurice, he does seem like uh, maybe Britain's answer to... Uh, to Jim Parsons from The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> very similar type of character there, correct? It's a very good answer to Jim Parsons from The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I just, one of the scenes I saw like, was him trying to put out a fire, and it was just hilarious. So I actually thought this was quite a funny, um, iconic character. I obviously don't think he's one of the greats, but... Where would you be tempted to put him? I think in terms of comedy value, Moss is very high. But I suppose because he does play a relatively down-the-line nerd character, he doesn't stand out as one of the greats. Yeah. So I, I'm i thinking middle, maybe below Liz Lemon. Yeah, like I would obviously maybe put him sort of high-low, but that's because he's not one of my favourites. So I'm happy to whack him sort of under Liz Lemon. The, the sort of, he seemed like a funny character to me. I'm happy to... I think we'd all like to be under Liz Lemon. I'd like to be on top of Liz Lemon. But anyway. Um, we can switch. I yeah, mean, well, I mean, whatever your preference is. People have different preferences. <laughs> okay, who, who, who's drawing a name now? Malcolm Tucker from oh, The Thick of It. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> In honour of Malcolm there. Yes. Yeah. Now, this is someone we both uh, are, are a fan of. Yes. Uh, I was introduced to him through that In the Loop movie um, that, that we saw together, actually. Great movie. One of the funniest movies I've seen in a long time, and he was a big part of why that was funny. And then I've recently discovered the In the Thick of It show, which you've been raving about for years. He's just such a funny character. So for those that haven't seen the show, The Thick of It is a is about the dysfunctional sort of inner workings of politics Mm. and sort of the bumbling politicians. And Malcolm, he's basically the person that gets stuff done. Yeah. But how he goes about it is sort of like a bull in a china shop. Yeah. He is a bully, although he doesn't like when you use that term because he thinks he's so much more than that. Yeah. He will lie, cheat, steal, and mostly swear. Yes. He is the best swearer on television. He's the biggest swearer since Chloe Grace Moretz in uh, (laughs) Kick-Ass. i like to see those two in a movie together. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid of Malcolm, and he's a fictional character, so... He, yeah, the C word, the F word, just throws it around. But when he does it, he's always... And, and similar to Gro- Chloe Grace uh, Moretz, it's so funny whenever he does. It's just got such huge entertainment value. I love it. I'm actually thinking high for Malcolm Tucker. I'm, I'll go along with that. I think what are you going with that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's good. <laughs> Definitely under George Costanza. Yeah. I guess the question is just above or below Michael Scott. I find him funnier than Michael, but I don't know if he's as an iconic character. He didn't have as many seasons um, yeah. or as much of an impact, I suppose, as Michael. Well, it sounds like I can convince you to put him below Michael <laughs> then, because uh, that's where I'd lean. Okay. Next name. Number eight. Number, uh, eight, okay. Ten, we should probably give a score update. Oh, here we go. It'll be interesting to see where this guy lands. David Brent from the UK office. We're, we're about to divide the podcast listeners here. Yeah. Now, we did have we did limit it to one per show, but what yep. we have here is the, the UK office versus the US office. David Brent, played by Ricky Gervais, mm. uh, the lead in the original yep. uh, UK office. I suppose a similar sort of character. I'd say... 
there are less attempts to make his actions redeemable in the UK office. Yes. But I think there's a little bit more depth to him. I think it's a bit less slapstick, a bit less on the surface. I think the inner workings of David Brent's mind are as confusing as they are hilarious. Hmm. I would say he doesn't, like, have as many layers as Michael Scott. That David Brent might be a bit more confusing on one level, but he is just a guy who is completely sort of operating on out of self-interest and, and out of... Um, his childishness. So with Michael Scott, you sometimes see him rise above the childishness and actually um, uh, say something sweet or do something sweet or actually competent. And that makes the Michael Scott character a lot more rewarding. I would say the only argument for Michael Scott having more depth is just the length. He was on seven seasons, 20 episodes a season, whereas David Brent only had two six-episode seasons and Christmas specials. Not just the depth of character, but the depth of comedy and the quality of the comedy is of a higher level than that of Michael Scott. I I, I do not say... I, I think Michael Scott has much... Uh, has funny moments, or equally funny moments. Um, I, I, I think Michael Scott has just as, like, funny moments, like hosting the Dundee Awards, like this, this big elaborate awards he puts on for his office. And, like, I just think there are some really funny moments of Michael Scott, but there's also, like, you are not going to see David Brent buying Pam's artwork. You're not going to see David Brent successfully negotiating a, a takeover and things like that. Like, I, I don't... No, he's definitely less likable, but I think he's more original. And I think that there's an, an argument for David Brent over Michael Scott. Yeah. Is that Michael Scott is based on David Brent. Ricky Gervais wrote the original character, and then Michael Scott is an offshoot. Michael Scott has perfected David <laughs> Brent. I think moments of David Brent... Uh, of him at the trivia night and him fusing MC Hammer and Flashdance, those moments are much more memorable than the top Michael Scott moments. Should we maybe put David Brent above Michael Scott for now and we can address it again at the end? Okay. See if I've, like, lost some other battles um, <laughs> or if I'm, like, happy with the rest of the list. Okay. Number nine. Charlie Day from mm. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. Now, we've talked about It's Always Sunny on the podcast before. Mm. Both a big fan. Yeah. Both a big fan of Charlie. Yeah, he's he's our favourite character. Mm. Charlie is probably the most likeable of the mm. crew. He reminds me a little of George Costanza with his sort of crazy schemes that he's always not pulling off perfectly. Yeah, he's a slightly more lo- kind of... Innocent? Innocent, yeah, yeah. Sort of childlike George Costanza. Yeah. Yeah, Charlie's Charlie's interest in hanging out under the bridge with Frank, boiling denim, things like yeah, that. Yeah, the musical he wrote. Yeah, the musical he wrote is so funny. And now it's like he just did it because he wanted to write a musical, or just to win the waitress over the whole like thing. Like it, it's just real. Like he's just such a great character. I think the Dayman songs is one of the funniest things. You, sometimes you find something funny on a show and you repeat it and it maybe becomes a bit of an in-joke with your friends. I don't think anything has lasted as long as me singing that Dayman song. Yeah. Like, if, if I get any kind of whiff of that, any sort of context to bring that up, I will be singing that song for, yeah. for weeks afterwards. Yeah, it's hard to have context for, like, Dayman. <laughs> like, it's not like that comes up a lot in conversation. Hey, do you hear about it? I saw a man the other day. A day man! Whoa! I think day will suffice. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, and uh, also is um, selling uh, the kiss admittance. Okay, this is a very good character. I think we're definitely putting him high, right? Yeah. The question is just where high? Above David Brent? Considering the place Seinfeld sort of has, yeah. in both my eyes and I guess the general... Public. This might be a bit controversial, but I might put him number one. I might put Charlie above George. Whoa. I hadn't really thought that we'd be discussing Charlie over George. <laughs> I am happy to entertain this. George is just so iconic. And he stood the test of time over nine yeah. seasons. And we've had some time to settle on George. Like, we know that George is a great character. Charlie's still being written. Ooh. I think in terms of pure comedy value, I think, personally, I find Charlie funnier. An argument for George would be that he has more range. Mm. Should we put Charlie under George for now and then come back to it? Yeah. 
Yeah, like I, I'm, I, I'm happy I with Charlie I, at number two. That's still pretty high. I could definitely be talked around though on on raising him. Okay, next. Are we done ten? Uh, this will be the tenth. Okay. Cliff Clavin from Cheers. Cliff, Cla- it was hard because I'm a big Cheers fan, so I had to pick someone from Cheers, and it came down to Cliff Clavin versus Sam Malone, played by Ted Danson. Um, Ted Danson, clearly the best TV actor of all time. This is a claim you've made on the podcast. Yes. So when it came to making this decision, I was a little surprised that the greatest television actor (laughs) of all time didn't make the best sitcom characters. But you know, I also love John Ratzenberger from all the Pixar films. I don't know. It may have been a mistake not to go with Sam. Like, the reason I think Ted Danson's the best TV actor of all time is not because any one of his characters is the greatest character of all time, but because he has played about five great TV characters. John Ratzenberger has played one great TV character. <laughs> He's definitely not the best actor on TV of all time, but Cliff Clavin is probably being my favourite character on Cheers. He's a postal worker... Uh, so he's always talking, and he takes his job very seriously. He's always wearing the uniform, which I think characters in uniforms are always funny. <laughs> what an overstatement. <laughs> <laughs> Putting a character in a uniform, he's always going to help with the comedy. Um, and he's just, he's got a little moustache, and he's just a bit of a know-it-all. Like, he's always got a fact or a statistic or something, and it's usually just completely made up. <laughs> he's like everyone has someone that's a know-it-all and it's just always and I think the thing I like about Cliff Clavin is is you can think of guys that are like Cliff Clavin go I know someone like that is just always talking about it. they think they know everything but they really don't and that's uh why I like him he's also you know had a great chemistry with Norm behind the bar and also um he's a bit of a mother's boy too which you know adds to a bit of comedy as well like not very good with the ladies either so you can see him always fail at trying to pick up girls what do you what do you think about cliff no i never really watched much cheers so mm. i had to do a bit of clip finding in order to uh uh catch up on the old cliff clavin i kind of liked the concept of cliff clavin as a character mm. i think the traits that you're listing are, are quite funny they make like a good character mm. But while watching all these clips, I didn't really laugh. Mm-hmm. And we watched a bit of the special yeah. features from uh, Cheers DVD. Mm. I didn't laugh once. You didn't laugh either. <laughs> I don't know if you'd watched it 50 times. <laughs> I'd seen all those clips before. So there isn't anything that irritates me about the character. I don't think it's a bad character. I think it's a well-constructed character. But maybe it's just not for me. Maybe I just don't find that brand of humour particularly funny because I didn't really laugh at all while watching any of those clips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Like, I think middle, maybe. Like you'd He's my go, least favourite yeah. of the ones we've listed so far. Yeah. I won't fight you, though, if you put him above Nancy or Tim. I probably would if you wanted to put him ahead of Moss. Uh, I'll, put him ab- I'll put him above Nancy, maybe below Tim. Okay. That We're at the halfway point. So maybe we should run through our list. On high, we've got George Costanza, Charlie Day, David Brent, Michael Scott, and Malcolm Tucker in order. And in the middle, we've got Liz, Maurice Moss, Tim Taylor, Cliff Clavin, and Nancy Milf Botwin. Oh, sorry, I should probably not be reading that out. And Nancy Botwin in order. Um, no one in low. I think this is our one. We've, e- we've each picked our favourite, so we've all, we've all... One of us are passionate about each one of these characters, so we're not going to want to put any of them low. But maybe a low one will be coming. Here's an interesting one. Tom Haverford. Tom Haverford. From Parks and Recreation. A lot of people love Ron Swanson from this show, and I think he's a lot of people's favourite character. Um, So we've chosen Tom Haverford over him, and that was a unanimous decision from both of us. People rightfully love Ron. Oh, yeah, he's great. But there's something that Tom brings to every single line. It's almost... It doesn't matter what he says. Like, Aziz Ansari will make it funny. Yes. Probably a second argument for Tom over Ron is that I think he brings more to the storylines in the show. Ron is a great character, but I think his... He doesn't really have that many story arcs that really provide to Parks and Rec being a good show. Mm. I think, obviously not to the extent as Leslie, who's the main character, but I think Tom 
has more of an influence on the direction of the show. Just his confidence and enthusiasm and confidence in himself is very, very funny. Like, I'll watch it and it will give me energy because his performance has so much energy. And he just throws everything he has into everything. He's got his friend John Ralphio, and they'll set up, like, a media company and just give out free iPads and just pay, like, a basketballer on retainer to just shoot hoops on their own. (laughs) It's just so extravagant and luxurious. And, yeah. They're a great team. Their desire to sort of reach this just baller lifestyle is so fun. (laughs) And the funny thing is, Compared to everyone else in the town, they are actually quite cool people. <laughs> like they, they are actually got some social credibility. In some ways, you admire Tom's reach, like his desire to succeed. Yeah. Though at the same time, it is quite funny when it fa- when he fails due to his mm. just slight sort of social unawareness or him his daintiness. I suppose. Yeah, I think the yeah. fact that he'll borrow a jacket or slippers from Leslie and they fit. Yes. Just little things like that make uh, (laughs) Dom an extremely funny character that's easy to root for, even though... He's very arrogant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, they go camping, and he, like, gets a tent, and he just gets, like, he's rented, like, a DVD player, a soft serve machine, a couch, uh, an Xbox. He's, like, TiVoing Top Chef, like, (laughs) (laughs) like... Just this extravagant sort of lifestyle. I, I, it's With his plan to return it. Yes, all thanks. <laughs> <laughs> when Ben asks, how does that work? He says, no one likes to see a grown man cry. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe high. I'm thinking high as well. How high do we want to go? We've got at the bottom of high, we have Malcolm Tucker. I think it's fair to say you would not want to put him above Charlie. Correct. Yeah, so that that that's an absolute limit. I'd be happy to put him above Malcolm Tucker. Yeah, so it's just a question of where he goes compared to the office. I would say that Tom Haverford is perhaps as funny, but because he's not the lead, and mm. he's not quite as an iconic character, that perhaps above Malcolm, but below those two. Okay, I'll 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 go with, along with that. Okay, I'll dip into the cowboy hat, get our next name. Ah. Oh. Lloyd! It's Ari Gold! It's Ari Gold! Someone who can uh, at least attempt to match Malcolm Tucker in the swearing yeah, department. Yes. Ari Gold from Entourage. Yeah. Should do a poll. Who's the most entertaining swearer? <laughs> Ari Gold, Malcolm Tucker, Chloe Grace Moretz from Kick-Ass. In some ways, a bit of a similar character. He's yeah. uh, Vince's agent mm. in Entourage. And he's also prepared to lie, cheat, steal, and swear in order to yeah. get these Hollywood deals done. Mm. There's not much funnier than watching Ari trying to wheel and deal while abusing his assistant, mm. uh, Lloyd, Yes, at the same time. Entourage is a very addictive show, especially when it was good. Um, <laughs> Take that, new Entourage. <laughs> yes. Um... But it's a show that I've never loved, but I have loved Ari Gold in this show. And so have the Emmys. Yes. He won three in a row for supporting mm-hmm. actor. And they stopped the nominating him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he won three in a Take row. Take that, new entourage. <laughs> yes. So he won three Emmys in a row. You can definitely see why. He's a very dynamic character. He's also a character with a bit of heart, too. Like, you, you actually root for him, and you see that there. Um, I think he's a really good character. Um, where would you think about putting Ari... I wouldn't go high. I'd say middle, but to the higher middle. I think we're going to compare him to maybe Moss or Liz Lemon. Well, I definitely prefer him to Moss and Liz Lemon. Like, I find him funnier. Yeah, I'm happy to put him at the at the top of middle. Yeah. On the home stretch. Oh, here we go. Mark Corrigan from Peep Show. Mmm. Now, uh, I know you really love this show. I've been trying to get you into Peep Show for quite a while. Yeah. I This is definitely top three comedy show for me. Mm. It's a little hard picking one because it's there's two leads and both of them are amazing, Mark and Jeremy. But I think Mark is the character that sort of more defines the, the tone of what Peep Show is about. Oh, from what I've seen of the show, you made the right call here. <laughs> 
it's going to be easy for you to convince me to put this character higher than the other one. Uh, played by David Mitchell. Uh, one of my favourite guests to see on QI was Stephen Fry. Mm-hmm. Very funny and intelligent man in real life. But we're here to talk about the character. Yeah. Mark is one of those socially awkward characters. He has a mildly uh, successful uh, job at a credit company, but mm-hmm. he's always trying to live up to the failed expectations of his father. He doesn't really have any friends except for Jeremy, who's his best friend and flatmate. And they have an interesting relationship. Jeremy kind of thinks he's the cool one, trying to guide Mark, who's mm. the uncool one. Mm. But in reality, they're both kind of equally uncool, and that's mm. why they have stayed uh, yeah. such good friends. Mm. And I think a lot of people can relate to Mark's struggle with women. Mm. I think in terms of failed relationships, Peep Show is one of the best shows mm. at doing it. They're just brutally awkward and yet constantly hilarious. Part of what makes Mark original... Uh, his unique sort of thoughts and spin on every situation, usually which he does by providing a historical context. Mm. He's a bit of a history nerd, and he'll try to pick up a girl by sort of explaining their romantic relationship in terms of the war at Stalingrad. Mm. And it's just such a terrible ploy, but it's the only way he can sort of relate to Mm. humanity. And when he just drops little lines like, I'm the tank commander now, Barry. Yeah. They're the gems that are specific to, to yeah. Mark Corrigan. Mm. I, I think this is a great, a very hilarious performance. Like, it's just a scene in one of the episodes I just watched where he's walking past a group of young kids and they're sort of wanting a sip of his Coke or something and he's just... The, the look of fear in his face <laughs> and these kids are near him is hilarious. And then when he sort of, like, gives in to just try to scare them away, they start calling him a pedophile. <laughs> and it's like... His reaction is just so priceless. He... It's a very uh, funny performance, and the stuff with women is pretty funny too. Um, I know you're going to want him high. I do. And I'm happy to put him high. How high would you put him? I yeah. would have him top three. Mm-hmm. We do a bit of room in between Charlie and David Brent. On Literal the, on the room sheet. on the paper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just so tempting. Yeah, let's put him there, because yeah. there just happens to be a bit of white space on the paper. <laughs> Yeah, like, I would honestly put him below Malcolm Tucker. But I know how much you love this character on Peep Show. So maybe put him above David Brent for now. That's where I'd like to put him. Well, let's put him there for now. There is room. Okay. Make room in the number one spot. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We have Jazz from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, you like this show. Uh, Fills in on jazz. Uh, definitely not a character I'm used to people citing from this show. Now, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air should be one of your childhood favourites. I, I love watching this show in yeah. the 90s. <laughs> Maybe that's why you've grown up to be such a sad person. <laughs> I think The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was an amazing show for about eight episodes. Uh, then they did a clip show, eight episodes into season one, and it sort of jumped the shark a little bit. Uh, That's definitely uh, a jump the shark move, <laughs> doing a clip show eight episodes in. Now, Will Smith was actually rapping before he did the show. It was DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, and uh, people thought that Jeff was actually the one with the, the real talent. Mm. But um, Will Smith went on to be the star of the show, mm. and... Uh, Will and Carlton, I suppose, were the, were the main characters. And they're great characters. But as the show sort of went on, got a little bit sappy and irritating at points. Whereas Jeff, he was sort of the comic release character, which would, would only pop up every now and again. Hmm. But when he did, it was always so good. He was the highlight of every episode. I've learnt my favourite pickup line from, from Jazzy Jeff. Yeah. Now, I don't recommend pickup lines in general. Yeah. But uh, my favourite Je- <laughs> Jeff pickup line is... Let's get some barbecue and get busy. I wouldn't use that. <laughs> I wouldn't use that. Um, Usually preceded by a poem, and that is the final line to the poem. Okay, this jazz guy. Now, First Bridge of Bel-Air is a show I think I did watch a bit as a kid and like sort of enjoyed it for what it was, just half an hour of entertainment after getting home from school sort of thing. But it's never a show I loved, and it's never a show I really was that passionate about in any way. Is that because you're a racist? No, it's <laughs> going to get complaints about the lack of uh, ethnic people on the uh, on the list. Come on, man, we got Tom Haverford in the top in the high section. Yeah. So, 
watching the clips of Jazz, I thought he was funny. I thought he did did improve the show. But I didn't think the show was that great to begin with. <laughs> and I didn't think he was improving it a tremendous amount. Um, I thought he was the funniest guy in all the scenes I was watching. And definitely there's some good recurring things like him like just making fun of the dad's weight. Like, and getting thrown out. That's a good yeah, running joke yeah. in the series. Mm. Pretty cheap comedy, <laughs> but also effective. Like, it's also pretty funny to see the reaction on the dad's face whenever he makes those jokes. You're like, oh, he went there again. <laughs> I'd put Jazz low. <laughs> <laughs> I will go low as well. Okay. I'll put him high up in the low. <laughs> okay. It's Dick Solomon. Dick Solomon from Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> um, a lot of people were waiting to say uh, what the show was. Yeah. Not too many listeners were like, oh, that <laughs> Dick Solomon. Come on, Dick Solomon, man. <laughs> um, third Rock from John Lithgow, I think he won two or three Emmys for this role. I, I really liked this show as a kid. I went back to this show recently, got a DVD box set of it. Show definitely has not had a great shelf life. This is not a great show. <laughs> but John Lithgow is incredible in it. He has such a engaging, dynamic, funny character. He saves a pretty average show. Just his enthusiasm and his energy and his craziness. And he's such a good actor, John Lithgow, that I just think I just think it's a really great character from the 90s. I think he deserves all the Emmys he won. What do you think about Dick Solomon? I think this is another case where I prefer the actor to the character. Okay. I think John Lithgow is a great actor, and I think he brings a lot of energy and a lot of comedy to a rather average role. Mm. I also watched this quite a lot as a child, but when revisiting it, was pretty disappointed. Mm. This is not the funniest of shows. I think the writing is pretty hit or miss. Yeah. I think it's an interesting concept that he's this alien trying to pretend to be a human and Mm -hmm. how he goes about doing that. And I think that gels well with John Lithgow's over-the-top style. Mm. But the fact that quite a large percentage of it is annoying, if not just not funny, definitely hurts the character quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Watching the YouTube clip, like, the best of Dick Solomon... I really struggled to get to the end of it. (laughs) This is low for me. Look, I'd put him middle, but I'm happy for him to be in the low category. I'd put him above jazz. Um, (laughs) Had a bit more of a contribution to comedy than the character of jazz. I find jazz a lot funnier, but he did carry a show and I think... He won more Emmys than Jazz. So I'll let you put Dick above Jazz. In the uh, home stretch, only about five names to be pulled out. Mm, Looks like five. Joe Bluth. Oh, my. If someone asks you what's your favourite comedy of all time, what would you say? Arrested Development. Me too. Yeah. And we unanimously agree. I was surprised either. I thought we both want to try and get several in and then not be able to agree. We both picked Job. I think as a base character, just as the idea, there aren't many things funnier than a bad magician. Yes. And that's what Job is. He's the kind of the irresponsible brother in the family, the disappointing son who who struggles as a magician. Hmm. What Will Arnett brings to this is some of the funniest things I've seen on TV. Just the way he comes out to a show dancing to the final countdown, that in itself will just make me laugh. I yeah. had a, my ringtone as the final countdown for two years because of this character. I did a performance in a school talent show to the final <laughs> countdown based on Job's, <laughs> Job's uh, performances on Arrested Development. Now, I'm not really a big fan of catchphrases in shows, but some of the catchphrases that Job started and that were on running throughout the show were so good. Michael. Yeah. Or, uh... Hey, Guy. He's calling his brother Guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got a t-shirt that says, I've made a huge mistake. Yeah. I was prepared to, if you if you wanted to put him below a character that I that I wanted to him above, I was going to go, come on! Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The suits, wearing all the suits. <laughs> uh, the chicken dance. Cock, cock, cock. It's a similar thing. 
to Tom Haverford in the sense of I feel like every line delivered by Job or by Will Arnett is funny. Yeah. It's just every line you are entertained by and it brings something to the show. I'm thinking high. I think as we've just sort of reminisced about the character then, that is by far the most enthusiastic we've been about, especially picking individual moments. Yes. We were able to list quite a... We were just trying to cram as many as we could Yes, into the podcast. It has to be very high. I would say higher than George Costanza at the moment. Would you agree? I definitely want to have him right at the top. It's just that George is such a, a large character and I think had a bigger role in mm. Seinfeld. But how excited I got when Job came up for pure entertainment value, I'd, he might be higher. I'd, I'd put him higher than George. That's where I'd put him. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay, let's do it. Oh, a favourite. Niles Crane. Niles Crane from Frasier. In some ways, Niles was the much funnier of the two. Uh, especially when it comes to physical comedy. Like, there's an episode where he has a segue. Uh, before Job had his segue on Arrested Development, <laughs> Niles had an episode where he's just going around in a segue. He was very uh, bad with anything physical. He was always collapsing and things. His relationship with Daphne, how he was pining over Daphne. His relationship with his wife that you never saw on the show. Um, and just his... Um, just his physical comedy and eccentricities, I think, were very funny. And his pretentiousness. He was so pretentious. What do you think about Niles? I know you're not a fan of the show, Frasier. Now, quite a lot of people like the show, Frasier. When they ask me what I think of it, I say, well, I watched it as a kid and didn't really get into it. And people often say, oh, it's a smart show. Hmm. Look, asshole, I was a smart kid. Right? <laughs> no need to be so condescending. I never really watched it, so I had to check out a few things in order to... Uh, familiarise myself uh, with Niles. Now, I said before that with the Cliff Clavin clips, I didn't really find it that funny, but I sort of was able to recognise the qualities in the character and it didn't irritate me. I thought it was an okay character. Yep. These clips did irritate me. Not only oh. did I not laugh, but I was quite annoyed by having to sit through them in order to do the podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think I laughed once at anything... Niles did. Okay. I found it just really frustrating. So you're thinking Niles low? Low, for sure. I would probably put him low middle, but, um, okay, I'm happy to put him low. Struggling to put Niles Crane below Jazz. (laughs) Jazz is a bit of a flaw for me at the moment. (laughs) Um... I enjoyed more of the Dick Solomon clips than the Niles clips, yeah. but I know you like Niles, so I don't mind having him at the top of the low section. Oh, I'm happy to put him below Dick Solomon. Well, I'm not passionate about it, but I did prefer the Dick Solomon clips. So. Yeah, we'll go with Dick Solomon. We'll go with Niles over Dick Solomon, and then Jazz. You crossed the out Jazz. Well, there was a <laughs> it's not there was <laughs> just drawn it out. You know, it's... Killed him. I'm not an arrow guy. We're not doing arrow. We're not going to have like arrow. This isn't going to be like some like uh, map on the wall of lost by arrows pointing all over <laughs> the place. Okay. Right, let's move on. We've got three names left to pick out of the hat. Mm. I'm mm. trying to remember what names were on the list that we haven't got to yet. I can think of two of them. Bubbles. Bubbles from the Trailer Park Boys. Trailer Park Boys. Uh, I'm not really that familiar with this show. I just watched the clips of him that you sent to me. Fill me in on Bubbles. All right, Trailer Park Boys is a show about these group of friends who are in a trailer park, and they... They're boys, generally? Yeah. (laughs) And basically, they're trying to get out. They want to devise a scheme in order to be able to make it big and get out of the trailer park. A bit like the Muppet movie. They want to go to Hollywood and uh, become big stars. Yeah, except it doesn't make me puke. (laughs) And the funny thing about that is, is the plan always ends up being the same. Every season, it's either steal things or sell weed. Yeah. Now, in some ways, it's quite a lowbrow show. Mm-hmm. It's about sort of crude, stupid criminals in a way. Mm-hmm. But after a while, you see it's actually quite a clever show, and the characters end up showing a lot of depth and can be quite endearing. By far the most endearing character on the show is Bubbles. 
Bubbles lives in a shed. He almost has nothing to his name. But what he does have is this antique bubble maker, mm. which he absolutely loves and his kitties love. And he takes care of these kitties. Mm-hmm. Bubbles and his kittens are very cute. And although he seems to be perhaps one of the most stupid people in the trailer park because he has those weird goggles and didn't have the best education growing up, he actually shows himself to be the smartest person in mm. the trailer park. So he's the one that are oh, off, often saving these ridiculous schemes and ending up turning things on uh, Randy and Mr. Leahy who are, who are trying to catch them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Bubbles is a, I think Bubbles is a very funny, very quirky and likeable character. Mm-hmm. I watched the clips with Bubbles... Um, and I can see why, like, he sort of got the make. It's a bit similar to your comments on maybe, like, Cliff Clavin. I can see why this is meant to be a funny character, um, and, and why there's some makings there, but I just did not find it funny. So not, didn't really love Bubbles. Honestly, where I'd place him... I'd put him below Jazz. Below like, Jazz! Well, I found Jazz funny. Like, I, I actually found that, like, funny, those clips and things. I didn't love him, but I thought it was funny with Bubbles I just didn't get. Now, um, so if you prefer Jazz to Bubbles, I'm happy to put Bubbles below. But you, you, since you understand the character better than I do, it's not like I'm saying he has to be at the bottom of the list. So where would, where would you put Bubbles, taking away my thoughts? Taking away your thoughts, I'd probably have him above Tim Taylor, below Moss. So sort of the middle of middle. Okay. Put him at the bottom and middle is sort of what I'm thinking. Yeah, okay. Below Nancy? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, okay. Okay, uh, second last. Is it my turn to draw name? Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Larry David from <laughs> Curb Your Enthusiasm. The character who, who wrote Seinfeld, created Seinfeld, and they based the character of George off. going to be interesting to see how he goes against George. A bit, a, in a different way, similar to the David, Brent, Michael, Scott debate. <laughs> who is better at playing Larry David, Larry David or Jason Alexander? <laughs> yes. You know, I'm a big fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I kind of, there, was, there were a few characters I actually wanted to have on the list. I, I really wanted to have Jeff and even Leon on the list. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I think Leon just makes the show at this point. Oh, my gosh. Okay. But Larry David is who the show is about. He, he yeah. for the most part, carries the show. What I like about Larry compared to George is that it's a similar kind of character, but he's able to push it a lot further because mm. it's on HBO. He can have yeah. what here is an MA-rated show. And the language with which... Larry can convey himself, uh, yep. enables him to push the character a lot mm. further. Yes. You know, George Costanza talking about boys' penis sizes, <laughs> about... Um, dropping the C-bomb dropping at the a poker game. At a poker game. Hugging a girl with, like, a bottle in his pocket, and she thinks that there's something hard in his pants. <laughs> like, you don't, you don't, you don't have, like, uh, George Costanza getting into these sort of extreme situations... And that does give Larry David a lot more freedom to just milk comedy for all it's worth. <laughs> is Larry able to play with the character as much as they could with George because he's playing himself rather than a fictional character based on Larry? I think he does. I think he, like I think he does. He has a much more. It feels much more natural. Larry. He doesn't have the laugh track. It, I remember when I first started watching, go, I'm like, boy, this was almost like watching like a documentary sort of thing of Larry David. Um, and that adds a real nice, authentic style to it and helps with the comedy. The one thing, though, is in some ways, George maybe had more energy and was more of a dynamic character. Like, the you just think of the Bubble Boy incident with George or the marine biologist incident <laughs> with George, and it just sort of, like, pops off the screen a bit more than maybe Larry's Larry's adventures, which are a bit more subtle. I think with George, lines that weren't particularly jokes were just made funny by his level of energy yeah. and sort of just the Georgeness yes. which, which he brought to it. Mm. And I think he also offered a lot more physical comedy. Mm. So I think when it comes to like sort of awkward conversations, Larry does a better job. When it comes to big comedic scenes, Jason Alexander did a better job. 
seeing as we're comparing him to George a lot, and George is pretty high up on the list, I I guess we're, I'm assuming we're talking high for Larry? I guess, but I wouldn't put him as high as George. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, I, I'm not, it's not like, we've got David Brent and Michael Scott right next to each other, or right on top of each other. I'd actually put Larry quite a bit further down. Um, like, I don't think... Well, those he, are two shows that sort of get compared a bit. The Office and Curb, they sort of have that dry, awkward yeah. humour. I feel like Michael... In terms of a David Brent v. Larry David, which way are you leaning? Hmm. I prefer Michael Scott to Larry David. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I'd probably go Michael Scott, Larry David, David Brent. My... Where I want to put it yeah. is above David Brent, below Mark. I'm surprised. I thought you were a bigger Curb fan. I thought you would have wanted him above uh, David Brent and Michael Scott. I'll put him above David Brent because I do know a lot of our listeners love Curb enthusiasm. <laughs> and um, if in doubt, panda. If to you're the in, well, no, if you're in doubt, like I, I'd, I'd say, you know, treat your audience with respect and, and let them, you know, have a bit of a voice. So I'll put Larry David above David Brent for now, and I'll put in an arrow. So I wouldn't do that. I won't. <laughs> All right, let's get on to our last pick, our final character. We you know, do right? the honors, Jonathan, of drawing it. Shake that hat up a bit more. Yeah. Now I can wear the cowboy hat. <laughs> Michael Flaherty or Mike Flaherty? Probably need to say the show for this one. <laughs> it's from Spin City. Mike J. Fox from Spin City. You're on nickname basis with Michael J. Fox. You call, <laughs> you call him Mike. <laughs> Oh, my. Um, yeah, Mike J. Fox. Where's <laughs> Michael Flaherty? Deputy mayor for New York. Um, always getting the mayor out of all the trouble the mayor's got himself into. Part of me is temp- was tempted to actually put the mayor forward as the character. But I thought, no, you've got to put Michael J. Fox. And he was such a big part of that show. And, yeah, just the mayor and the staff is quite an incompetent one. And Michael's sort of the guy having to get them through it all. He, I think, was very good at physical comedy on the show. Always running around, jumping. There's this great scene where he jumps into Nikki's um, arms and just he's so small. <laughs> Things like he's got some good physical comedy, great expression. That it, it seems like the thing I'm really going for with my list is energy <laughs> and iconic. People. Well, no, iconic. I was going to say, iconic and energy seem to be the two things I'm coming to a lot. But I think it's... Really was a great performance. His farewell episode, very touching too. Yeah, I think I think this is a really solid character. What do you think about Spin City? What do you think about Mike J. Fox in it? I've watched a little bit of Spin City, but I had to go back and check some clips in order to uh, remind myself of the character. Of the characters that I was reviewing clips for, he was my favourite one. Mm-hmm. He was the one that I found the funniest, and I think that that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, without a lot of context, being able to watch whole episodes, it, is, it can just be funny uh, in the way he delivers the individual lines and already sort of endear me to him as a character. I think that's a good thing. It's also um, good because he's not that crazy a character either. Yeah, I think it's good if a, a character is distinct and original, but it's also good if they don't have to rely on sort of a, a cheap gimmick. Mm. He's not one of my favourites, but I'm prepared to go... A reasonable way up the list. in Somewhere in the middle, maybe? I was thinking maybe high. Okay. Uh, what about under Malcolm Tucker? Okay. So the very yeah. bottom of high. Yeah, let's do that. Like, I'd probably, like, prefer Michael Scott to him anyway. And Michael Tucker, Tom Halford. Okay. We've got the list. It's all drawn up. I, we need to just review it now, make sure we're happy with where everyone is. Um, should we start from the bottom, work our way up? And if there's something we want to swap around, do that as we work our way up. Okay. At the bottom of the list, we've got Jazz, above him, Niles Crane, and above him, Dick Solomon. Are we happy with the order of those three? Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm pretty pretty cool with that. In the middle, we've got Bubbles at the bottom, Above him, Nancy Botwin. Above her, Cliff Clavin. Above him, Tim Taylor. Above him, Maurice Moss. Above him, Liz Lemon. And above her, Ari Gold. Is there anything we want to swap around there? No, I'm liking that too. I'm pretty happy with that as well. Um, I'm pretty fine with that too. Now we're going to the high section. I thought we'd have to sort of do a lot of compromising and we get a 
bit of a big middle section, but we've kind of we've been, we were a fan of, of these characters, which is good. That's what you want. Yes. In a top twenty list, where there yeah. better be people you like. So yeah, I think it's a good thing we got a lot in the high section. Okay. I think the bottom three on this list: Michael Flaherty, Malcolm Tucker, and Tom Haverford are probably. I'd say we're probably happy with those at the bottom of that high list. Yes. Yes. So then we get to the top sort of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven on the list, which I think have been the ones we've perhaps been a bit more divided over. Yeah. Um, This is going to be interesting. Is there anything here that jumps out to you that you want to change? I'm actually pretty happy with this too. I think I think it's you have more of the uh, more issues than me. So you are you are sitting comfortable with Charlie below George, yes. Mm-hmm. And you are sitting comfortable with Job above George. I think that's a little controversial having Job above George. But there was just so much we liked about Joe. We didn't even like we were. We didn't even get to the segue. You were referencing that in like another character yeah. we were supposed to be talking about. There was just so much that we liked about Joe. I don't have a problem with Joe at the top of the list at all. No, I think it's good. I think I think that's I think that's what we both actually yeah want. Mm-hmm. Okay, now the middle bit of this list. Michael Scott, I think, mean, should be <laughs> higher. That's my one. That's my one thing that I'd change. I'm not that upset if it stays as it is, though. And that little Mark Corrigan is sneakily slipped into the top four. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely want Mark to be. There. I'd say Peep Show would probably be my second favorite show after Arrested Development. Mm. And I guess we picked him uh, to be the best character from the show. So yeah, I definitely want him up there. I think. I don't mind Mark Corrigan. Like, I, I think it's a funny character. I think that, that top four, Arrest, the, the, the shows they're from, Arrested Development, Seinfeld, It's Always Sunny, Peep Show, it's probably my four favourite comedies. We've yes. got Larry David from Curb at five. And Curb may be a fifth favourite Yeah, comedy. probably. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I am very happy with this list. Okay, I would suggest maybe let's swap around David Brett and Michael Scott. <laughs> David Brett was in, like, ten episodes. Because I'm so happy with the list, and I know that you really like Michael Scott, Yeah, I'm sort of feeling inclined to let you swap those two. But it's such a statement. Like, (laughs) when people talk about this rank, probably other than, you know, who's number one or something, David Brett v. Michael Scott would probably be the most talked about ranking. Yeah. And it's such a statement to let the... It's basically saying the US office is better than the UK office. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. What is the statement we want to make about David Brent Michael Scott? Should we toss a coin? <laughs> Doesn't seem very official. People aren't listening to a podcast just to find out <laughs> the outcomes of coin tosses. <laughs> it would seem to like... <laughs> It would change. It wouldn't be that we're making the statement that the U.S. office is better than the British office, though. We just say, "Well, no, the coin." <laughs> eh, maybe we keep the list. People know I disagree. <laughs> like, <laughs> so we're going to settle with this list. Are we happy with this list? Relatively so. happy. Yeah, I guess so. Do you want to? I'll sign it. Gotta sign it. Make it official. <laughs> okay, there we go. It's official. That's the list. You have a much better signature than me. All right, so let's run through the list. Okay, the top twenty best sitcom characters of the past twenty years in reverse order. Let's start at number one. Let's oh, go okay. One to in regular order. <laughs> number one, Joe Bluth from Arrested Development. Number two. George Costanza from Seinfeld. Number three. Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Number four. Mark Corrigan from Peep Show. Number five. Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Number six. David Brent from the UK office. (laughs) Number seven. Michael Scott from the US office. Number eight. Tom Haverford from Parks and Recreation. Number nine. Malcolm Tucker from The Thick of It. 
Number 10. Michael Flaherty from Spin City. They're the top 10. That's the top 10. Bottom 10. Number 11. <laughs> it's not the bottom 10. It's like the the top... The, the, the second 10. Anyway, number 11. Ari Gold from Entourage. Number 12. Liz Lemon from 30 Rock. Number 13. Maurice Moss from The IT Crowd. Number 14. Tim the Toolman Taylor from Home Improvement. Number 15. Cliff Clavin from Cheers. Number 16. Nancy Botwin from Weeds. Number 17. Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys. Number 18. Dick Solomon, Third Rock from the Sun. Number 19. Niles Crane from Frasier. And number 20. Should have been number one. Jazz from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> okay, no editorials in the official <laughs> So, um... Yeah, I think that's a pretty good list. I think people are going to be pretty pleased with this. I think uh, we can't we can't offend too many people, except all the people who didn't make it onto the list. I guess. <laughs> so I think that's the podcast. Yeah. Um, no time for housekeeping. Save housekeeping for next week. Yeah, for our Coney 2012 podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, haven't done a ranking in a while. Was, I think that was that was good to do. No. Oh, yes. It's very good to do. So uh, thanks for listening. And give us your thoughts um, on who you think, the, the, who was robbed, who was rewarded, who was... Like us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Uh, See you guys. Yep. Yeah, bye.